Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to another Happy Pod, the only podcast in the world. My name is Nathan. As always, I'm joined by Lawrence Thomas, James, middle name, High C. What was the giggle? What was the cheeky giggle for? (laughs) I just made myself laugh because whilst the intro was playing, I pointed to you as if to like say, you do the intro this week, which occasionally I'll do. And then... I just went, no, I'll do it instead. And I just found that. At the last second, he pointed back at himself. So I was thinking, like, what am I going to say? I was stressed. But what what I will say is what the show is and that no one cares about all of that. Yeah. See what I did there? That was good. And this show is about. uh, Do you know what? I've let myself down there because I was really excited about how smoothly I transitioned, that I panicked about how I was going to transition from praising my own praise. Lawrence, you've massively fucked this up. You've ruined a canon event. Oh, no, no. That that is what a canon event is. It's you telling me to shut up as soon as I start speaking immediately on the pod. It is, yeah. Now Miguel's coming for you. Well, let's, let's rectify it. Nathan, how was your day today? Oh, so we're just not saying what the show is? No, Nathan, I'm saying let's rectify the canon event. Oh, I see, I see, okay. Uh, wait, no, I would have to ask you. Oh, yes. All right, go on then, you do that. <laughs> Idiot. Miguel is coming, Nathan. We haven't got long. <laughs> Lawrence, how was your day? Yeah, it's good, Nobody Nathan. cares, how... nobody cares, <laughs> Lawrence, because you need to tell us what this show is all about. This is the show where we get together, we talk about all things pop culture, movies, TV shows, games, sometimes, and we avoid some negative Nelly discourse, and we try and talk about all the stuff that we like, and we have a bloody good time, don't we, Nathan? I don't think we've had a single episode on a video game this year, and I hope by the end of the year we will have had at least two of them. Okay. Do you want to get them in early? What What would you like to do? Well, you surely you can figure it out. Well, I know Jedi Survivor's on the list. Yeah, and then one's related to this episode. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One of the starring roles in, <laughs> yeah. in, in this film. Exactly. Uh, how are you, Nathan? We're finally getting to do Across the Spidiverse. A movie which um, 
seemingly the the etiquette of spoilers has just gotten completely out the window for like there was there was no even a scrap of just let's let's wait let's it was just as soon as this movie came out it was like oh, let's talk about everything did the americans get it first i don't know because that's normally how it goes. They just get it first and then they just flood Twitter. I, I don't give England a lot of praise, but I feel like we've got a bit more of a of an etiquette for it. Whereas the Americans will log on and they'll be like, whoa! Yeah. <laughs> just, they scream in movie theaters. They don't They don't know how to conduct that's themselves true. I've properly. Seen, I've seen a lot of clips on like TikTok and stuff. Um, just like people filming in the theater, which I guess is something people do now. Um, but like <laughs> going to see this movie, and then at certain moments when characters show up, they just everyone just screams and like, oh, why? Like we don't need this. Doesn't need to be a thing. We don't need to have. And I'll tell you why this doesn't need to be a thing. Because if this does become normalized, then we're gonna have the fucking awkward no way home moment where Andrew Garfield jumps oh, yeah. through the portal and there's just like. 10 seconds of him just breathing <laughs> so there's room for audience cheers like, you've you seen have you seen those edits where people take a friends episode and they take the laugh track out and it's just haunting exactly so it's always so weird watching no way home like just on my own now because there's just that awkward silence it is strange i really yeah i hope that doesn't come over here that's that is the one thing british people are known for being like gobby but like they're also kind of quiet when it comes to it like we are the epitome of that's none of my business i'll just carry on and um and deal with my stuff and so you should i don't want to know that someone's excited that spider-man ps4 showed up in the movie like that's one of the things that people cheered for i'm like Come on, man. Like, he was, really? was in the trailer, bro. He was in the first one as well. Well, the suit ones anyway, but like... Yeah. Come on, man. Fucking silly business, yeah. So you, you broke your your rule. You broke your movie experience rule. I did, twice, actually. I, um, I went... Well, I guess it was once, because it was one trip. While I'm there, I might as well crack this out and just see as much as I can. <laughs> so I did the old double feature. I did the uh, the Guardians Spider-Verse classic double feature. Roller coaster of emotions that day, let me tell you. <laughs> Which are. one did you see first again? Guardians. Oh, so you were you were going into Spider-Verse just like tears streaming. A distraught broken man just just ready to to go see some silly little spider people. I think it's a good palate cleanser, though. Although saying that, the first ten minutes is just soul-crushingly sad yeah. for Gwen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not. It's not a movie that's particularly. Hey, you know, it's yeah, not. It's, yeah, it's not. You know, silly goofy hijinks at all. There's like silly goofy hijinks in it, but it's not like you know. I feel like the first one. The first one is sillier. Yeah. There's no. There's no Peter Porker there just running about and being like, that's all folks and all that sort of stuff. Well, so, yeah, I guess first thing, like, what do you think? You like it? This movie? Spider-Verse? Yeah. Beyond? Is it, wait, which one is this? This is a cross. Okay. I've never done the titles. I just call them all Spider-Verse. They're all, it's all the newest Spider-Verse yeah. one. This is this yeah. is Spider-Verse. And then the other one was Spider-Verse 1. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that was just Spider-Verse as well. No, it was Spider-Verse 1. And then this oh, is Spider-Verse. And then okay. the next one, when it comes out, it'll be Spider-Verse. And then this will become Spider-Verse too. Um, <laughs> okay, see, I see. Yeah. So they, yeah, yeah, yeah that's as how it goes works. on. Yeah. Um, it is good. It is very, very good. It is amazing, spectacular, um, astonishing. I'm, I'm doing all the... I, I yeah. got it. I was uh, just waiting to see when you ran Ultimate. Out. Um, PS4. PS4. <laughs> Insomniac. 2099. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> spider Gwen. <laughs> Ghost Spider. Um, it's one of them. It's, it's good. It doesn't improve on the first one because there's nothing to improve on. It builds on the first one. Um, yeah. And it's very... It's great. It's good. It's amazing. I had a great time. The first one, genuinely, 10 out of 10, nothing wrong with it in my books. See, I've, I feel like I probably have a recency bias for this one, so I don't want to say that this is my favourite, but it might be. It could be. Consult Nathan two years ago <laughs> uh, when he recorded every Spider-Man movie ever, early episode of this podcast. What did I say I'm there? fairly certain. We, I'm fa- I don't know, but I'm fairly certain we both said it was up there for us. Oh, that's that. The first Spider-Verse movie is definitely my favorite Spider-Man movie. But what I'm saying is, I don't know if it still is because. Oh, I see. I yes, see. because like, admittedly, I I probably do have a bit of a recency bias with this one. It's hard to say because uh, I think it, it, like you say, it doesn't improve upon. I th- well, I think technically it improves upon, but that's not to say the first one did anything wrong. No, I think I think it's just like the animation levels itself up here because they open the door and now they fully just fucking kick it down. And they're like, everything that we did, we can now do better and Mm. to a grander, more ambitious scale, which I think is really fucking cool. Yeah, I don't know. I I think I think I'd probably prefer to just like watch the first one because it's a complete story. But then like once once Beyond the Spider-Verse comes out, I feel like I'll just have an equal fun time watching all three of them probably. I would say this movie, like, its themes are probably more interesting than even just the plot itself. And I think the movie is doing that on purpose. Because it's the opening of a story. It's it's less like, we've got to get through this, we've got to get to a resolution. It's more just like, let's really check in on our characters and see how they all are. And it's way more Gwen-focused this time around, which, how do you feel about that? Love it. Yeah. It's good. I like Gwen. She's great. Yeah, Hayley Stanfeld is good. Um, great standout from the first movie. I like that we, we do get a lot more of this. She's kind of like co-lead with Miles in this kind of. Like the first one was Miles' movie. There's, there's no doubt about it. This one, it, I'd say it's still Miles' movie, but I but like Gwen is like, she she's more on uh, a bit of an equal footing with him, really. They seem to like kind of share the spotlight a bit. I was going to say, once once we put Across the Spider-Verse and Beyond the Spider-Verse together, I think it will be Miles' story. Yeah. But this movie feels like, and, and actually, because I saw it twice, the first time I just didn't, it's not that I didn't connect with the movie, I just had a bad fucking, I said it last week, I had a really bad viewing experience. Um, Just like a bunch of people, like very distracting in the cinema and it was kind of hard to pick up on a lot of the subtle nuance stuff. Mm. Um, so when I watched it a second time, uh, my opinion of it on my first screening was I like it, but it felt like half a movie, which is, I think, a lot of what a lot of people have been saying. And then when I saw it the second time round, I was like, I'm going to look at this as like Gwen's movie. And Gwen has a beginning, middle and an end. Like Gwen has a whole complete arc here, um, which I think is like her relationship with her father mainly. Um, and I think once you look at it through that lens, it's it becomes a bit more to tolerate as like like because there are a lot of people seething about a cliffhanger that probably didn't know it was gonna be in like a part one and part two scenario i i didn't did you not well no i did but i forgot okay because like originally this movie was called it wasn't it called across the spider-verse part one and part two it was yeah um and when the first trailer came out i think that's how it was it was marketed and then at some point after it they changed it forgot about that completely 100 percent. i wasn't aware like the next one was coming out next year or anything like mm. i was just oh i'll go see the new spider-verse like whatever just quickly while i've got you there it's not coming out next year is it like that's that's wishful oh, thinking we'll I think. talk about that trust me <laughs> we'll talk about that 
Um, but no, I was when it was getting to the end moment, I'm like, this seems weird, man. Like this, how long have I been sat here? I don't think there's enough time to fucking, this is a lot of shit to deal with, to wrap up. And then mm. when it started to come to an end, I was like, is this a part one? Is this a fucking, like, <laughs> what the fuck? And then it did. And then it went to be continued. I was like, what the fuck? I went to be continued. And then in my cinema, there was a, Ah, like an audible oh, really? groan from a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. That, and that's we spoke about earlier, like how quiet the British people are in the cinema a lot of the time. So that's how you know it yeah. like, evokes a serious response. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a part one and two in the way that Infinity War and Endgame are a part one and part two, in that they're both their own movies with their own resolutions. Yeah. And there's just a big thing that will carry over that thing being like, oh, we haven't stopped Thanos yet. <laughs> but yeah. they're still very different movies. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. But I feel like when you put this together it's just going to be some like nine hour epic <laughs> of spider-man stuff I, I feel like it i don't think it's it's completely the case that it's this is just fully half a movie i don't think it is a little bit more complete than that but i, I without seeing the next one i don't know i don't know we recently spoke about the matrix the matrix the matrix sorry i apologize yeah um and we we all we touched on some stuff uh across those movies uh, and I'll get it out of the way early. We're probably not the right people to comment and <laughs> say that we fundamentally can see everything that's happening in this. Mm. But I do think it would be a disservice not to mention it. Um, a lot of interesting, like, queer, trans kind of experience in this, I think. Yeah. Obviously, Gwen with her dad. And there's the obvious she's living the double life kind of thing. She kind of doesn't know how to tell people who she really is. And um, I really like also the the added kind of extra, from what I assume is a lot of people's experience. Um, her dad is like zeroed in on this one thing. Like his work and life becomes consumed by catching Spider-Man and... Spider-Woman. Spider-Woman, yeah. And for a... Um, I guess like a trans metaphor of that is the, you know, when like men in their 50s make it their entire personality to fucking hate anything other than straight white, like what they would consider like the norm, any minority or yeah. marginalized group. So I just, yeah, that that's what I mean about seeing it as one kind of Gwen story, because when her dad comes around at the end. Yeah, I don't know. Where, where do you sit with all of that stuff? Um, yeah, there's, there's definitely stuff in there. There's definitely subtext um, and everything. There's um, a lot of people uh, saying Gwen herself is a trans character, full stop. And there's absolutely no argument to be made against that. People will try. People, that's not stopping people. People, I just before we started recording, I just saw on Twitter something like on that shitty fucking for you page came up that says Spider Gwen is biologically female. And it's just like, if that's the way you see it, fair enough, okay? Whatever. But like, if people are choosing to interpret it this way and taking comfort in that fact and feeling represented because of it, then who fucking cares? Like, mm. Just let them fucking have it, man. Like, what? What does it? How? What harm is it really fucking doing you to say this character is trans? Like, who gives a shit, my guy? Well, and there's also that. But like, the thing that also bothers me is that the people that are kind of rebuttaling that on the internet, a lot of them are being like, well, you know, like this person is a biological female, this person's trans, whatever. Yeah. And then the people being like. Uh, all these guys losing their mind over a fictional character. I'm like, yeah, but her experience is real to other people. So like, yeah. there's a way that that can be respect. Yeah, look, yes, she's not real. She's a character. But at the same time, it, it's a character that is embodying an experience that's reson that resonates with a lot of people. So just shut the fuck up about it. 
Yeah, just let people have their thing. I, I I got stuff to speak on Miguel. I think Miguel is a big fucking metaphor for just like bigoted blokes and nerds and incels and everything. In a, in a way, yes, not completely, but yeah, yeah. The shades of stuff with him, I think. Something that I think we are more qualified to talk on is nerds. <laughs> like, let, let, we'll move away from the trans stuff now, because like I said, there's probably a lot of people that have that experience more so than us on the internet that will have great resources to check out and shit. Don't listen to us. <laughs> but um, I, and I, I feel like this has been kind of um, brought up in, I saw like a some sort of TikTok clip about some of the creators talking about this very briefly this movie in itself is a direct examination of like nerds that are like this isn't accurate to the comics and like miles is miles and not spider-man and all those fucking losers miles is spider-man miles that's the thing miles is exactly spider-man but there's a bunch of incels that are like spider-man is spider-man miles morales is miles morales because they just can't fathom a fucking black person he's spider-man i I know nathan i know this (laughs) (laughs) have you not heard of that kind of community of incels yeah i know what you mean yeah yeah and and that does touch into some of the stuff let's not get into that now i don't i want to like say that towards the end because that's part of like a whole sequence of stuff sure um where do you want to go do you want to talk about the animation it's good it's it's very good it's good man it's it's great like you said i think it's a i think it's a step up but not in the way that the first was wrong, more in that this is more ambitious, because something that I don't think we got to see in the first one is we're now not only seeing characters from different worlds, we're seeing characters in their worlds. Yes. And how they how their design changes from different worlds that we go to. Um, Gwen's... I, I fell in love with the fucking visual art style of, of Gwen's... Uh, Gwen's universe is great. The the way it's just like... Kind of like just watercolour paint kind yeah. of and just this like smudged and the colors just blooming and changing and all this sort of stuff it's it's really great it changes to like her emotions and yeah her, yeah how like if suddenly like she her dad is her dad is a space of warmth and then he's perfu- uh, then he's kind of perceived as a threat and his his entire vibe changes and yeah it like emotionally guides you through it which i also think is cool because like this is a very mature movie i think but also there's there's the age old thing animation isn't just for kids it's for everyone but it also is for kids yeah and and i feel like a way to take a kid through that storyline is very much like showing them like leading them by the hand and being like colors are signifying this and yeah i, I don't think it's like a patronizing thing i think it's just an assistance um and that's that's really really cool who else have we got spider punk <laughs> My favorite character in this movie. Yeah, I thought he'd be all oh, over oh, that. Yeah, fucking hell. Ah, oh, he's just like me for real. This guy. <laughs> <laughs> I love this character so much. You man. wait until I was taking a sip of my juice to make me laugh. <laughs> I loved his introduction. I love the fact that, like, because Gwen talks about him quite a bit before he's introduced, and mm. he's kind of like set up to be sort of like a rival for Miles. Like, yeah, he's like a, a love interest. Yeah, guy, like a rival yeah. love interest. Gwen talks about him. She's like quite enamored with him. He's a pretty cool guy from all the sounds of it. And then when he shows up, he is a fucking cool guy, um, but also 
from fucking Hobie's point of view, he's like Miles' number one fan as well. Like he's fucking yeah. straight up supporting Miles from the get-go. Um, he's cheering him on to save the fucking people in Mumbatton. Um, he's when they get to Spider Society, he's like, Why do you want to be here, man? Like, what are you doing? I'm like, what's going on with all this sort of stuff? He's yeah. kind of like talking him out of the society and all this sort of shit. Um, and he and he helps him escape and everything. It's is sick. I love him so much. He's a great character. And yeah, he's more than just... I think it'd be so easy. And a lot of people have said this about some of the Spider-Men in this, that they become a punchline and nothing else. And he so easily could have been that. Yeah. Like, he, he could have easily just... I mean, he does almost have a line of every kind of anti-establishment thing. He's there like, I don't believe in that. And then, like, yeah. in the background. And it's funny. <laughs> it is funny. One of my favourites is... Um... Uh, I think the spot says like you guys make a great team, and then, and then he he says um, he, he says I don't believe in teams, and then Miles says aren't you in a band? And he goes I don't believe in consistency either. <laughs> That's very funny. It's really good. He's um also Daniel Kaluuya. Just yeah, great choice, man. Yes, great so, choice. He, he has got the most laid back yeah. voice on the planet. Yeah, yeah, he's so good. He's so good. I love. His introduction is great. Um, I, I hate the AM. I hate the PM. Great double meaning there. Just yeah, him talking yeah. about just taking on the whole like punk attitude and just fighting fascists and anti-establishment and all that. I'm like, oh, he's so me. He's who I want to be, <laughs> man. I love him so much. And it, his <laughs> his animation style as well. I read somewhere that his um, every single body part that he had or like every limb i suppose mm. um is i don't know how like strictly speaking true this is as well down to the specifics um but apparently like every limb is animated in a different frame rate to yeah. keep with the whole like firstly i guess a meta joke about the lack of consistency but then also he's he's apparently very much so mirrored on like um like punk punk rock posters yeah. it's very sex pistols it's very yeah like Sex Pistols album artwork and all that sort of shit. It's very, very much that sort of stuff. And it, his, his like his coloring goes like grey every couple of frames because it's like apparently that's some sort of joke about how like the printers in that era never had enough ink enough ink to like match the color tones that these bands were putting out. Mm. Um, so I, I don't know. Like I, I can't again. This is just stuff I read. Like I can't speak to how true it all is. But like even if it's not, it's still so clear that so much thought and work went into like how that's how that character moves. I think that character is like one of the single biggest achievements in the movie. Yeah, it's so just good. like how he how he realistically fucking interacts with everyone. Yeah, yeah, he's he's great. Um, I also loved um Pavita Pavita Pabaka. I think is the <laughs> name. Um, Pavita Prabhaka, sorry, the Indian Spider-Man from Mumbatton, which was just so funny, man. He, he doesn't, he doesn't go to the gym because he doesn't want to get too big. <laughs> he's, 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 do you know what? Like, he is the definition of a Spider-Man that hasn't had his trauma yet. Because yeah. Sp Spider-Man, Spider-Woman, Spider-People—they're all, they all have the moment where they just become horrendously depressed. Yeah, and that's like a state. I mean, it, like the movie even jokes that it's a canon event. Like, it's something that has to happen in their origin. Yeah. And when we, at the time of meeting him, like his is about to happen, hasn't happened yet. And he's just like, I love chilling with my girlfriend. I go and have some tea with my mum. Like, it's a great time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <he's... laughs> I love a joke about his hair as well. He just wakes up in the morning with perfect hair. He doesn't yeah. do anything to it because it's already great. <laughs> yeah. um, the chai tea joke as well was very funny. That was great. 
And doesn't he say naan bread as well? He's like, that's just bread bread. Yeah, I think it's the spot that says naan bread. And then he... Oh, I see. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. The spot was your biggest thing you got spoiled for you, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, just because... Like I said, I think the movie came out on Friday. I went to see it on Saturday. And it was already spoiled for me. Um... Because, yeah, I was just on Twitter on Friday, um, and then there was just, like, a lot of tweets that were just taking, like, the moment the bagel hits the guy in the first movie and being like, oh, look at this, we got to re-examine this moment now, and all this sort of shit. Um, also, and, you don't. The moment's yeah, the same. Done. It's the same. Nothing changes, man. Like, fuck <laughs> off. Um, yeah. No, there, there was just a... There was just... The the thing that really like fucking cemented it and, and put it in place for me was there was an old tweet from some like account which is made purely to get engagement, um, which mm. just tweeted out in like twenty eighteen, which had the bigger um what had what event had the biggest impact? Um, this guy getting hit in the head with a bagel or something something Thanos something. Um, and obviously, yeah, it's a big fan or whatever. But then there was just so many quote tweets on that, just saying like, "Oh, we gotta re-examine this moment now. We gotta take a look back." And I'm just like, "Great, cool." So then, when I was watching the movie and like when the spot is introduced, it's kind of just like you, you kind of just get the feeling like at first he'll just be a bit of a, a nothing villain, just something for Miles to deal with in the beginning, and then just to yeah. move on and to, as the the real villain emerges later. But throughout his whole introduction and all that scene, he's talking about like his backstory and he's hinting at like he's someone from Miles's past and you created him and all this sort of stuff. And throughout all of that, I was just like, yeah, I know. Cool, yeah, it's the great bagel, guy. bagel yeah. guy. Cool. So, so that would have been fun, but I guess that not. Fuck, that makes me so sad that that was spoiled for you because it was such a joy. Yeah. In the in the cinema to experience this guy go from a punch like he's got he's like throwing up bread out of his stomach and Miles is like, don't do that. That's fucking great. Like yeah. he's you're you're looking at him going, this guy's pathetic. What a what a little weaselly worm. Yeah. That Miles will just beat up and then go to Spanish class or whatever. Like. And to watch him suddenly, out of nowhere, become a villain that is capable of ending the multiverse. Like, that was a real joy to kind of have that, have the wool pulled under your eyes. Because I was like, the, the trailer set up Miguel to be the main villain. And he is, but there's a bigger threat going on. Mm. Um, but yeah. What's what's the eye roll? You don't think Miguel's a villain? Look, I I don't know if I'd call him a villain. I, he's, he's, he's an obstacle. Okay. I don't know if I'd... <sighs> Nathan's an incel. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, because Miguel's not... Look, I know where you're coming from, but Miguel's not that. Um, okay. I think Miguel has misinterpreted some stuff, okay? Right, yeah. Um, and we'll get to that. Um... But yeah, no, the spot The spot was great. Um, I like how they took, they took a, a villain which was genuinely just a pretty just shit fucking villain like he hasn't had many appearances he's probably most famous from the fucking 90s animated cartoon yeah um so yeah um and they made him into like a real fucking incredible threat which is which is great it's just, it was really good stuff this is i'm just sorry, i'm just looking at a cast list and jack quaid is listed as peter parker jack quaid is the um the peter parker that dies in gwen's world the little weed oh is he 
yeah, the, becomes, the lizard. The lizard becomes yeah. the lizard. Mm, yeah, interesting. Which is which is pretty sick. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. That that man cannot escape being cast as a twink, can he? Like just no. a small. Little... He is a twink. Look at him. He, I mean, yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. Another character I think is kind of most prominent, or or at least one of their biggest appearances, is in the '90s animated show. Um, is uh, <laughs> is as the Scarlet Spider? Is it Ben O'Reilly or no, ben no Ben Riley? Where am I getting O'Reilly? Miguel O'Hara. You're probably thinking uh, of. We'll get to him. <laughs> Nathan's favourite character. Um, no, I, Andy Sandberg, genius. Yeah, um, I didn't. I didn't notice it at first. I was like, like I, I heard the voice. I was like, oh fuck, that sounds familiar. Like, yeah, oh, so I know who that is, but but I didn't. Um, and it was only after the fact that that I I realised who he was. But yeah, very good. I like the. Uh, Perfect pose. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going over here now. <laughs> Look into the distance. It's, it's, it's weird. I think uh, some like hardcore Ben Riley fans are pretty upset because it's not like an accurate fucking de- depiction of Ben Riley. But like, who cares, man? It's a bit of fun. I- I, look, I can sympathize. If Ben Riley's your favorite character of all time, which yeah. is true for like maybe three people. <laughs> Um, he's a he's a pretty big deal. He's I think he's like come back into the comics recently, but the comics recently are a big mess from what I hear. Oh, um, I hear they're fucking dreadful. Yeah, <laughs> they're like Mary Jane's like married to some other guy now or something. Is this 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 weird little greasy guy? I yeah, this see. guy called Brian. He's got like a mustache. <laughs> oh, Brian! Yeah, that's amazing. It, ha- it would be called Brian. Oh no, well. it might be Paul. I think it's Paul now actually. Paul, okay. Just some weird, very common, just nothing name. Sorry if that's yeah. your name, but yeah. It's my father-in-law's name. <laughs> oh yeah, it is. <laughs> Shout out, Paul. Well, I think it's a lovely name, Paul, <laughs> uh, if you're listening. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I can see why those people might be like the tiniest bit miffed. Yeah. But like, it's funny. He's yeah, funny. he's funny. Yeah. And it's making a joke about like, he's like, my big muscles are so perfectly sculpted because apparently they, when his first like comic appearance, they drew him as the most insanely ripped man. Which is true for basically any character in the nineties as well. In the nineties, everyone was just so fucking extreme and big and ah. And just you seen that Captain America thing where his chest is like a double decker bus? Yes. Rob Liefeld, oh, famously the uh, creator of Deadpool, cannot draw for shit. <laughs> is he the one that traces porn? No, no, that was another guy who I think was pushed out of the industry. But for tracing too much porn. For tracing too much porn. Um, but that is, yeah, that is a thing that happened. The I think voice acting, maybe you'll disagree, maybe you will agree, I don't know. Um, I don't know how popular of a take this is. I think voice acting is is at its best Yeah. when it, it kind of goes unnoticed. Yeah. That's not to say it like it's bland. Yeah. It's to say that you believe that that's Miles Morales speaking. If you want to hear some very bad voice acting, just go and play any of the um, Sam Raimi Spider-Man games and just listen oh, yeah. to Tobey Maguire's work. <laughs> Pizza time! Tobey Maguire in those games is... Look, personally, I don't think he's that good of an actor on screen. But in the voice booth, <laughs> he's pretty fucking bad. <laughs> so. And for those of you that are still here, we will now continue with the rest <laughs> of the podcast. Because saying anything against Tobey Maguire is fucking... You're asking Blast for a for bullet. Yeah. Um, no, but yeah, like I think it's the best when you don't notice it. And these... And again, not to say that that's bad. That's to say that they just become and inhabit the characters. Like, I think... 
a lot of people in the first one were so quick to praise um uh, Jake Johnson as Peter Parker just yeah. phenomenal there is one moment in this where I think we agreed this um like a, a I don't know about a week ago whenever we spoke about it there is one moment in this where he just becomes Nick from yeah. New Girl he does a moment where he's like stressing about something yeah <laughs> I'm just picturing Peter Parker like, I gave you a cookie you give me cookie <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, a lot of I do you know have you got the cast list still up? Yeah. Uh, who's who's what's the name of the guy that plays Miles? Uh, Shamik Moore. A lot of talk about him campaigning for his own Miles live action thing. Look, be careful about your response. There's nuanced <laughs> takes. Look, okay. If they go for an older Miles, then sure, let him ha- let him have an audition. <laughs> let him have an audition. See if he works. Give him a chemistry test with whoever you've got. Sure. Before before you're too mean, he has himself heard these reactions and tweeted, "I didn't know you guys could be so mean," or, or something along those lines. I'm not being mean. I'm just stating <laughs> a fact. Okay, Miles is a 15 year old boy. <laughs> okay, if they're going for an older version, absolutely great. What do you then think? And I think we have the same opinion on this because I know exactly what you're going to say back. <laughs> What do you think about Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield? Awful! <laughs> Too old! <laughs> Playing 17-year-olds as 27-year-old men or something. Andrew Garfield is more convincing, okay? Because he had great hair. Because he hasn't got a receding hairline. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but still, way too old. Like, you look at clips of, like, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2, where his hair was starting to recede, and then you compare them with, like, No Way Home, um, and you see Tom Holland versus this guy. And you're like, this is a 40-year-old man. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, I just graduated high school. What am I going to do now? And it's like, come on, man. <laughs> like, I know, I know. I, I, I get it. I, I do see that. Like, I think they were already cast too old. Um, this might be sad. If, 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 if you insulting Tobey Maguire didn't chase everyone off, this certainly will. I think the only casting decision to have done it right age range-wise is Tom Holland. Because in Homecoming, he conceivably could be a 15-year-old boy. Yeah, it is. It's it's true. It, it, it is. It, it was at the time. It was the right choice for that. Spider- and that's not to say you can't do an older Spider-Man. You absolutely can. Peter B. Parker is fucking great. Love that. Mm. Um, but if you're going for the young, in-school fucking Spider-Man, then I just think we're past the year of... This is... It's like the meme. You know the meme from Brooklyn Nine-Nine? <laughs> where it's Terry Crews and he's just wearing the sign that says seven year old boy oh, yeah. on his chest. It's just like yeah, that, yeah. basically. Um I, I, I didn't hear about this until this week. Apparently, um apparently in, in early conversations, Jake Johnson was almost never considered because they were going to cast Toby Maguire. So glad they didn't, man. That's... <laughs> Oh, can you imagine? It would have been. I, look, I don't want to. I don't want to just shit on him. I feel like maybe with some acting coaches, he might have been okay. Maybe, but he's not. He's not even good on screen. <laughs> he's no. He, I'm sorry, but Jake Johnson is great as Nick. He's known as an on-screen actor, but he brings a quality to Nick that is very vocal. Yeah, he gets a lot of does. comedy through his voice. Same yeah. with Max Greenfield in that show. Like, yeah. He's he's an actor that when they move into voice acting roles, I don't go, oh, that's just a live action guy getting more of these parts. It's just a celebrity name because he's he's brilliant at both. Yeah, it's true. he's not Chris Pratt, basically, is what I'm saying. Chris Pratt gets a lot of shit. He's all right. 
He's he's not he's not a bad voice actor. He's not Toby Maguire. No, but Toby Maguire is just dreadful. <laughs> to yes. be honest, like, <laughs> he is. But like, but he's good in Lego Movie. He's he's. I haven't seen Mario, but I'm sure he's fine. Um, no, I, I I think he's great. But I think he's great at like. I'm Chris Pratt in this world doing this thing with this coat of paint on. Yeah, yeah. He's he's casting because he's a name, basically. Yeah. He's named And casting. he's like a bland guy. Yeah. He's an empty canvas. It sounds so mean on Chris Pratt. Like, <laughs> You could be mean on Chris Pratt. That's okay. <laughs> oh, I heard about some of this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Let's move away from that. <laughs> uh, just one last thing I was going to um, say. I think um, Shameek, Shameek Moore. Is that Shameek it? Moore, yeah. Shameek Moore. I think he's going the wrong way about it. I think play this role, do this role great, and then in five years' time, you've got a lucrative career being the voice of an Ultimate Spider-Man TV show or something. Yeah. I don't think he has much of a shot of a live action. I don't. I think he could do it. I just don't think a studio would let him do it. Yuri Lowenthal's been playing Spider-Man for quite a while. Like, longer yeah. than before the first game came out. He was playing Spider-Man in uh, other games and TV shows and stuff, so he's been doing mm. it quite a while. And Drake Bell, your favourite. Nope, performance. Um, he <laughs> could, um, he could very much become like the the Kevin Conroy, like the the distinct voice of Miles. Really, yeah. So it's sure as shit not going to be Donald Glover, <laughs> which is what so many people were going on. And yeah, sadly, it's strongly believed that the character of Miles was created because of Donald Glover, because of the whole, because there was a whole fucking movement of him to be cast as Peter Parker in the the. Andrew Garfield reboot. Was there really? Yeah, like one of the earliest internet campaigns was to get this guy as fucking Spider-Man. And um, oh. it was a really big thing. Didn't work out, obviously. Um, but around that same time, I think it was around 2012, that Miles was introduced in the comics. I thought that was a response to his character and community has a moment where he like gets out of bed and stretches and he's in like that a Spider-Man is part of the Donald for Spider-Man movement. That was he that that was in the show because of the Donald for Spider-Man movement. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, cool. I didn't. So that was obviously like a tactical situation rather than a, just an occurrence. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that and that's again never officially been confirmed. But why he showed up in No Way Home as yeah. well as Aaron Davis? Uh, you mean Homecoming, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, sorry. Well, they're all yeah. the same. Um. <laughs> Uh, Homecoming is becoming known as the the movie that set up some Spider-Man villains that then they went, no, we're not going to do that, actually. Do you remember the fucking, uh, what's his name, Michael Mando as Scorpion? And was like, when I get out of prison, I'm going to beat up Peter Parker. And then he just never got out of prison. What's his name? Um, he's Vass from Far Cry 3. No, he's... Um, Nacho from Better Call Yes, Soul. he's handsome villain from Breaking uh, Bad Universe. He is very handsome. He's so hot, man. He's so hot. <laughs> you, want, you want to see him towards like the end of the show. Like, every time, when I watched that first season of Better Call Saul, every time he showed up, I was just twirling my hair and kicking my feet. I was like, <laughs> he's so hot. <laughs> with, with, yeah, he's, he's got his, like, you what, are those, what are those shoes called? A lot of, like, gangsters wear them. Um, no idea. Like the pointed, like the metal pointed toes. Oh, I don't know. Maybe they're always just going bowling. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, what did you think about all the like the the cameo stuff in there? I know we have like a million versions of Spider Man, but like you know the big ones. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of very funny ones, um, a lot of fun ones. Um, so <laughs> yeah. Um, first of all, Yuri Lowenthal shows up. He plays the PS4 Spider Man, which is which is great. It was great to see him. I like how again it. it it shouldn't be surprising because they do this in these movies. It, it was just like the game character, but like 
Yeah. As in, like, animated in the game style. Like, they just took the model from the game character and just dropped him in this. I'm, I'm so happy that they did that as well, because in the trailer, yeah, there's a moment where you can see a Spider-Man in his suit, in the advanced white spider suit. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I like that they're bringing him in, but I don't want to see him in this animation. I want to see him, like, it I'm a weird, own. out of fucking, like... Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I feel out of place here, but it's great. Yeah. yeah. And he was. And he was. Um, yeah, there was Donald Glover as the Prowler, which he looks great. Like That suit looks cool. Yeah. Bring him in, man. He's playing with his gloves and shit. He's just like twiddling his thumbs, <laughs> waiting to get out of this prison thing. Yeah. And um, that looks great. One that absolutely fucking killed me. It was quite embarrassing as well. Because, like, my cinema was pretty quiet. Like, there was probably about, like, 10, 15 people Did max. you go American? No, no, I didn't cheer or anything. But <laughs> there was one moment. Um, again, about 10, 15 people max in the cinema. And then the spider buggy shows up and someone says, oh, this is Peter Park's car. And that fucking killed me. I laughed so loud. (laughs) But no one else. There was like a little (laughs) from everyone else, but I was fucking dying. (laughs) You love a pun, don't you? You love a silly pun. It's good, man. It's good. Peter Peter Park's car car is brilliant. It's so good. Yeah, there's a lot of fun. Everyone's um, Web Slinger, <laughs> who's like a cowboy Spider-Man, which is pretty cool. He's got a horse, which also has a mask on, um, which is <laughs> funny. Um, who else was there? There was Spider-Cat, uh, a T-Rex Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> Inexplicably. <laughs> so does that make the lady that like rides the motorbike and was, I believe she was pregnant, is Jessica that... something. Um, she's Spider-Woman, yeah. She's Spider-Woman, okay. Yeah. She was great as well. A bit more on the morally dubious side. Yeah, me. yeah. Jessica Drew. Look, time's marching on. Do you want to... Do you want to break open your Miguel defense? Well, well, I want to. I want you instead of you swinging around this on me. I want you to break open your hit piece on <laughs> um, Latino Irish character Miguel no, O'Hara. No, 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 no! Don't yeah. set them up like that. No, yeah. I don't want that. Fucking fuck you. You try um, to swing it around on me, get me cancelled. Well, look, I've sat up. I'm getting my notes. First of all, Oscar Isaac reprising his role 
uh, from the first movie. Clearly, I don't know if you've gone back and watched the, the post credits from the first movie, but clearly some shit has gone down in this man's life since um, yeah. since he discovered traveling the multiverse. Yeah, he's. Um, I, I saw a thing because, like, physically, he just. I think the costume redesign looks better anyway yeah um but like physically uh, i saw um i didn't pick up on this uh, but i saw someone mention it he hasn't got the sticking to the wall powers so his the reason his back is so fucking hench is because mm. he has to climb everywhere yeah. properly yeah he's got claws um, he can like claw. yeah he's got the running up walls ability of a cat which is he still has to work for it yeah not a spider which is i'll, I'll sleep here if i need i to. think he might be able to fly really in the comics i think i don't know much about 2099 i do know Interesting fact that he was never supposed to be blue. Really? Yeah, it was. It's part of like a whole thing that he's he's a orig- he was supposed to be black and red, like his costume design is supposed to be black oh. and red. But at the time, the early nineties, like basically dark blue was a standing for black because you couldn't print just full on black in comic books because it just looks like nothing. Yeah, That's why if you look at like Venom comics from the same era, it, again. It's it's like mostly blue, uh, black cat mostly blue, um, and all that sort oh, of stuff. Wow, so okay. yeah, so he was supposed to be black and red, but just because like the character was popular and he just kept appearing, no one kind of like made that connection. And over time, it's just like yeah, he's sure he's blue, he's blue and red. Yeah, I, I like that. Over time, it just became because it looks better. It looks good. It does look good. It's a good suit. And also, there's there's uh, there's so many other versions of Spider Man where it's like a different iteration with a black suit, like. I like the idea of taking the Spider-Man colors but flipping them in a way that just kind of feels a bit more, bit more menacing or a bit more serious. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I didn't know that about Black Cat though. That's that's really interesting. <laughs> the black blue cat. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you ever played the um, the PS One Spider-Man games, I used to love them. Spider-Man One, Spider-Man Two, they were so good. Well, they're um, the ones with um, uh, Bruce something uh, narrating them. No, that was the um, the Tobey Maguire Raimi ones. I see. Um, no, this these was like before the movies came out. It was just like comic book Spider Man video game. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. So Stan Lee actually narrates them. Um. It, it was very good. Um. But yeah, in those in those games, Venom and Black Cat appear, and they're both just full on, just very blue. <laughs> and Spider Man's like. Black Cat, what are you doing here? And she's just like, head to toe blue. <laughs> and it always just confused me as a kid. <laughs> and I was like, am I colorblind? What's going on? Yeah, yeah you were in, at the opticians. Like, my Spider-Man game is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, well, look, f- first thing I'll say, before I get into the meat of Miguel... Um, I'll get into the meat of Miguel. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I saw someone refer to him as the most patient boss where a thousand of his co-workers all think they're the funny guy in the office. <laughs> yeah. um, and that made me have a lot more sympathy for his plight in this movie, to be fair. like he just, One more comes in that's got jokes and he's like, I'm done. I don't need this shit anymore. <laughs> Zim. P.O.B. Parker even say to him, like, why aren't you funny? Like, all of us are funny. Yeah. We're always making jokes, man. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> You're the only one of us that isn't funny. <laughs> in in the film, um, Miguel has... Um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm a bit hazy on the exact specifics, because it's in a, quite a big scene where a lot of other shit is explained too. Mm-hmm. Um, he jumps into a world to replace a dead Miguel. Yes. And that you know kind of goes to plan he he's there long enough to develop some connections with a family that is his alternate self's family 
Yeah. Until that disrupts the canon event and his world is obliterated and I presume everyone he loved dies. Yeah. Um. So with that in mind, I think he's... And, and, and it, com- it comes across well, like, th- th- this... This is going to open a conversation about what is a, a canon event anyway. So let me get through my whole spiel and then feel free to pick it apart. All right, I'll mute my mic. No, don't mute. <laughs> I still no. It's still helpful if you have a, if I tell a funny joke. I need your laugh. He is muted his mic. Right. Look. If here's my big thing. Bazinga punk, I'm back. Oh gosh, thanks. <laughs> if Miles was never meant to be Spider Man, why should he have a canon event? If his Spider-Man was supposed... If 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 um, Chris Pine's Spider-Man from Into the Spider-Verse, the first one with blonde hair, if he was the Spider-Man and he wasn't meant to die, why did that not blow up Miles' world? My thing here is that I think... And I don't know if this is intentional, but did I think it's something... you explain what a canon event is? Okay, so a canon event is... Um, I think we touched on it earlier. It's something that's specific to Spider-Men. Um, someone has to die. Something has to happen in a way that they have to experience a great loss through someone they love. Uh, and it will always be kind of, it's, it's presented to them as like a drastically tragic thing that they can't change. And it has to, it defines them. It's the Uncle Ben, it's the Captain Stacy. It's the someone you love needs to die for you to become the Spider-Man that you're meant to be. For Miles, we assumed, and I think the movie even kind of refers to it as um, um, his Uncle Aaron dying, but... Apparently, there's another one coming up, which is that his dad, who is going to be made captain, has to die as well. Um, which is obviously something that happened in the game. I'm pretty sure it happens in the comics as well, I'd imagine. No, it's his dad, usually. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. So, was it, is this not his dad in the comics? Oh, sorry, I thought you meant his uh, Uncle Aaron in the comics. Oh, no, 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 because Uncle Aaron was... He's normally just the Prowler, isn't he? Yeah. So, if Miles was never meant to be Spider-Man, why should he have a canon event? If Chris Pine's Spider-Man was the Spider-Man, why did him... And he wasn't supposed to die, why did him dying not fuck up the world? Basically, I have this thing... And I don't know if this is plot thing. I said at the beginning, I think the what, this, what the themes of this movie are are more interesting than the plot itself. And I think something that they're trying to get at is a big metaphor for, essentially, nerds... And not nerds. Nerds is the wrong. Nerds is more of a loving community. I mean, it fucking weird incels and racists online that are like, if things didn't go my way, and this isn't accurate to what I think is this character's story, then they try and ruin other people's enjoyment out of it. Like, you like the Last Jedi? Well, that's because you're dumb. Because the Last Jedi was bad, so you're dumb. It's not just we have a different subjective opinion to you. Um, it's objective fact. Um, so I think Miguel is very much an embodiment of someone that things were going his way it was taken from him and then when he sees that other people have their life i think there's something in him he embodies like an incel to me he's like miles is not spider-man he's the embodiment of saying you're an anomaly you were never supposed to be spider-man which ties into the racists people like miles isn't spider-man he's just miles morales he's not spider-man and also i think there's a comment being made on how um because Miguel wasn't given the life he wanted and it didn't go his way. Um, he's bestowing suffering upon these other Spider-Men, and specifically Miles, um, to say that if it didn't go right for me, you don't get it. It's justice. You shouldn't have things your way when things can't go mine either. So I don't, I don't know how truthful that is to the character of Miguel O'Hara in this, but I think it's, I think it's a metaphor that the movie is doing rather than... I could be proven entirely wrong. I just think it's an interesting point of view on his character. I think you're right. I don't think the movie is flat out saying Miguel is racist. And no. he's, <laughs> he's, and that's my point. I, yeah. I don't think Miguel is saying uh, or anything that 
he personally doesn't want Miles as Spider-Man or anything like that. And I think that those those ideas and those fucking idiots and their viewpoints are are put across through him as like a sort of he's a like a conduit for that. Thing. Yes, yes, yeah. and and the fucking moment, the whole way the chase sequence, uh, which is so fucking good, um, plays mm. out, and then the big moment on the train where Miles just says. No, I'm gonna do my own thing and, and all this sort of shit. It's so good, it's so well done. Um I think Miguel is someone who something very bad happened to him, and then he thought, Oh, this happened because of that thing. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think he's just massively misinterpreted this whole canon event ship. I think that he's so blinded by his own rage and trauma and he's so mad at himself for the decisions he's made that he just isn't necessarily thinking clearly about a lot of this stuff because like in the scene where they have the kind of like exposition info dump and they're they're all talking about the canon events and shit um like a lot of people are talking about their own canon event and stuff but no one else can ever back up what he's saying about mm. like a universe a dimension being destroyed because a canon event was changed. He's the only one who has experienced that. So we only have his words to go on. And it yeah. doesn't necessarily line up. Well, because even even Miles stopping the canon event in Mumbatton, that was the, the spot causing that fucking event. Like it exactly. wasn't... The world yeah. didn't start to explode. It was just yeah. the spot made some havoc, which I think was maybe an intentional misdirect. I, I think so, yeah. And I think... I, I don't know what caused Miguel's... Um, universe to to whatever the fuck happened to it. it it could possibly even be something with the spot it could be that the spot is somehow doing this through time as well we yeah we saw in the first movie that the dimension um traveling through dimensions can also fuck with time because gwen got pushed back a week when she got there so yeah that's true yeah so you know stuff can happen um with time travel i guess um so so yeah what what it is i don't know i don't know but i think that something is just um he, he's just misinterpreting shit and that's yeah. why i'm hesitant to call him a villain because yeah he's antagonistic towards miles he is he is an object and something for him to overcome but i don't think he's a villain i don't think this is this whole thing is going to end up in a big blow by blow fight between miles and, and miguel at all yeah no i i i actually think your interpretation is correct it's interesting about the the gwen being pushed through time because mm. that sounds like absolutely something that will be revisited on mm. um so i i actually think your interpretation is correct my i'm coming at it from the point of view is like as a character you're probably absolutely right but as an idea and a concept i think they are sending about a message to people who proclaim that they're fans yeah and how damaging agree with their interpretation being pushed onto other people can be. I'd agree with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you know. There you go. We're both right. We're both. <laughs> wow. We did it. That's a rare one for this show. That's a rare one. I like that. <laughs> yeah, but that whole trace sequence, um, it's so good. Just the moment where, um, where first of all, Hobie, my king, um, tells Miles how to like break out of the the force field thing using the palms, not the fingers. Um, and then he's just like, by the way, I quit. Fuck all of you. Because, like, again, that makes so much sense. Because, like, knowing what we know about Hobie, like, when when all of this, when Miguel started talking about it, I'm like, 
hope you won't be on board with all this sort of shit, man. You're telling me that the fucking, the anti-fascist, fucking anti-establishment punk Spider-Man is going to be okay with a whole society that just happily lets people die? Like, yeah. not a chance, man. Not a chance. I, I think he was in it until he could meet the other black Spider-Man, and then he was like, safe, and then left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> and he did, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I liked when he just left, and by the way, I quit. See you later. That was great. Um, yeah. But yeah, just then the whole just fucking explosion of just... Stop Spider-Man and there's a funny point meme. Ha ha ha. I say I actually love it every time it shows up. I, I, I do. Yeah, it's that's not great. like um I, I'm all for it. Yeah. yeah. Do it more. Do it for it's times always funny. Movie. Yeah, it's so good. I'll never get tired of it. Um, Release a cut of this movie that's just people pointing at each other. Me and I'll, Nathan will be there. I'll cheer. I will yeah. cheer for it. Um but yeah, just the explosion then of just everyone chasing him. It's so mm. good. It's it's so fun to watch. It is very very good. It's yeah. I I do like. It's, I I'm curious to get your take on it. Um, and I I'm fairly certain it'll be the same as mine. Um, the nature of the spider society mm. does imply that there are like hundreds, not hundred, maybe like tens of thousands of Peter Parkers and Gwen Stacy's and just various other iterations of spider people. And only one miles? No, no, because that, that's in. I think they touch on that with the anomaly stuff. Mm. Um, but it does imply that every single one of those spider people have gone, yeah, I guess they got to die. Yeah. Where, where do you land? And, and also to the point of like trying to force Miles to let someone die, not just passively being like, that was sad that happened to me, but I'm not yeah. going to let, not going to interfere with other people. Where are you, where are you on that stuff? I'm with Miles. I'm with, yeah. there's, there's nothing that, to me, there's, there's not enough proof for it, really. Yeah. There's the we we haven't seen enough to to make me definitively say that yeah, sure, these people need to die because that's a lot. That's a lot to to say that people to just stand back and let people die. And mm. Miles just can't do it, and I fucking love that. And it's it's the same similar sort of theme as explored in fucking No Way Home. Um, you know, Peter's flout holds these these villains you know they return to their dimension they're going to die but it has to be that way and he's like no fuck that like yeah i don't think <laughs> it does these are people yeah. like i don't want to do that um so so yeah i like it it's it it doesn't i i, I think there'd be a lot of spider-men that would be like i don't know about that one chief i don't know yeah mm. yeah and i i think because I, I think I can I can sympathize with some people because for a lot of them, their favorite mm. Spider-Man is in the background of this, trying to help a person who's trying to kill people or not yeah. trying to let people die. I think the difference is, though, or, or it's it's kind of implied that all of these Spider-Men have already gone through their canon events. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of easier for them. Mm. Um, I think Gwen is the only one. Well, she's lost Peter, but she hasn't lost Captain Stacy. And so I think she'd be the only one who necessarily hasn't. But yeah, I think for a lot of them, it would be easier rather than mm. to to face the fact that this is something you're going to have to do and just stand by and do nothing. It's the incels, man. It's a strong strength in a loud minority. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I was, and have you got many other notes? Oh, I have no notes. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're winging it. <laughs> love it um well the last the last thing that i kind of had to speak about or wanted to speak about was the um i think we have a contender for a, like a best score on our hands score or soundtrack uh i i think the strength of into the spider-verse was its soundtrack yeah agreed and i think the strength of this is the score 
I'm really listening to the score. The score, well, not, but like, let's not necessarily like sit down and listen to it. I do think it's there's bangers in there, but like you can't. We spoke about the Interstellar score recently, and you can do some work and get some productive shit done to that. Mm. In this, I would be jumping out my skin every five seconds because it's. Remember when the Batman came out and there was a bunch of TikToks like when you drop gum in Gotham City, and then <laughs> yeah. it was just the Batman like, and it went dun 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 dun, and it was. And then you're in hospital vicious. for six weeks. Yeah, yeah, and it's a POV of Batman just vi- viciously beating the shit out of you. Yeah, I've seen that started to be recreated with Miguel O'Hara. It's like when you when you did a fart that like wasn't the right pitch and broke the cannon event or something and then like the lift doors open and it went and it's like miguel o'hara just there to kill you (laughs) yeah that's fun um but no i think just the way it works in the movie um in the cinema i think will be a totally different experience to it being like at home like the movie the music in the movie like fucking takes over in Mm. certain points and there's just like i'm not even just talking about the big miguel moments i'm talking about like little things like Gwen and um, Gwen and Miles swinging through the city. Oh, excuse me. Gwen and Miles swinging through the city. Is that not a soundtrack though? No, no, no. It's uh, the score. A lot of it's original score. Daniel Pemberton, I think his name is. This is soundtrack. Yeah, I know. Um, I did see a meme that was like, just peacefully trying to listen to the Spider-Man soundtrack. And then out of nowhere, Metro! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite part in the soundtrack is when little Wayne does a verse. And then he just, at the end of it, just goes, Spider-Verse. Um, yeah, no, I just think the music is really good. Um, I'll, to be honest, I'll have to listen to the score because I'll, I'll listen to the soundtrack a bit. It's, it's good. I don't think it's as good as the first soundtrack necessarily. No, um, I don't think it's, the soundtrack is as good, no. Yeah, but but it's good. It's good. Um, I think it's lacking a lacking a what's up danger moment. Yeah, yeah, um, and one of them. Oh, I love that what's up thing. I watched it again this morning. It's so oh, it's such a fucking good scene. So what I love most about that scene is is not the moment itself. It's just the whole what's up moment happens, and then just the final note of Mars's comic book just landing on the pile. Mm. So good. Just like it's a great fucking burn. It's it's it. the it's the it's the animated movie equivalent of a mic drop. It is, yeah. It's like it he's is, here. It is, yeah. Bang. He's yeah. one of the fucking he's Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. Um so no, I, I fucking love that. Um I should we talk very briefly and then because we'll we'll wrap up fairly soon. Um the there's a cliffhanger. Miles well, is in a world without Spider-Man. The 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 twist. Yeah. And it is a twist and it fucking blew my mind. Yeah. It caught me so off guard man like when miles goes back to his universe in quotation marks um and he's talking to his mum, and he has the and gwen's outside listening in and then he has the big fucking build up well first of all he's like he's got to get home but also miguel and everyone are out looking for him and he's got to do espionage and ben riley's there doing his perfect pose and all this sort of stuff um <laughs> all very good all just great great tension throughout that but yeah then he's talking to his mom he tells her he's spider-man and she's just like the fuck are you on about miles who's what what is this what are you doing is this a joke yeah and i'm like what's this this is weird you know who spider-man is you, yeah. you saw the news like when he died like you know this and it just kept on going i was like what's this what's good and then aaron walks in and i was like what the fuck is going yeah. on and 
He was and like, here's, the, your, here's your illegal money. Yeah, and just, like, the slow, no. just the slow reveal of like this being in another universe, but not even that. Then I was like, oh, but Gwen's here. Gwen will get him out of there or something. Gwen will save the day. And then it pulled back and I was like, oh, fuck, she's in a different universe. She's in his universe. Yeah. I didn't even figure that out at first. It, then I oh, was so good. It was such a good twist. The way they built that sequence, like you're, you're believing that Gwen is listening into every word. Yeah. Um, and also, like, I also think that speaks to like a fucking, um, I know where Gwen's story does end up, but it's, I think it adds to Gwen's arc of like, Gwen experiencing what is essentially someone coming out or revealing themselves to their parents. Yeah. And like you think you get as an audience member, you have a hopeful moment of like, that's going to encourage her to do the same thing. Yeah. And then like, no, that's not happening. Like, and it's almost like a, like when Gwen wishes that she knew someone with that secret that could help her go through this. Gwen did come out. Yeah, no, that's but like, that's what I'm saying. So that's, I think she goes back and does it after that. Is that right? She goes back to see her dad. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, I left the force. So like her canon event isn't necessarily set in stone now. Again, another like theory of maybe it's not as clear. Maybe it's all bollocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um oh no, not bollocks. Bollocks implies it's a lie. We just think it's something completely different. Yeah. And just... yeah, Miguel's read into it too much and thinks he understands shit that he doesn't. So the prowl is that so Aaron's there. But yeah. also, this Mars is there from this universe. Yes. Um, and Miles is the prowler in this universe because he never got to be Spider-Man. You see all the shit about the his colours in the first one? Yeah, uh, uh, very well done because I was watching some of the... I didn't watch it all, but I was just like kind of like skipping through the first one this morning, just like some big moments and shit. And it's so good. Something I never even fucking picked up on um, on a movie that came out five years ago. But it, it makes, now with the context of this, it makes so much sense. The spider glitches. Yeah. The, the, the spider that bites fucking Miles, it glitches. But like at no point in the past five years have I ever questioned that. Because it's a, like a bombastic visual mu a movie. Exactly. It just yeah. blends into the other bombastic visual shit going on. Yeah, yeah. but it, it glitches because it's from another universe. Like that movie explicitly tells us happens several mm. times. But yeah, never even never even put that together. Yeah, there's the moment when like Chris Pine, Spider Man, and and Miles like sense each other, and his colors are they're the Prowlers' uh, colors, and then they slowly morph into the red and blue as yeah. well. Um, so that's interesting. Like he's changed the fate kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. And then I love the the way it ended. Like like he's tied up like um like Peter was in the first one. Yeah. And you know, Peter's like, you don't watch the mouth, watch the hands. Mm. And Miles is like, his hands behind the thing. He's doing the venom tap, getting ready to, to break out. Um, but yeah, and the t and the team have assembled. The team. Gwen has assembled the team. So who we got? We got Gwen. We got we got Peter B. Parker. We got Peter B. Parker. We got Mayday, and Mayday as well. Yeah, yeah. Mayday's great. <laughs> I, I fucking yeah. The, the bit where he brings her home and she's like. You didn't take our baby out on a mission. He's like, I didn't because you asked me to stop doing that. So I didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. I love how much Peter just loves being a dad, man. It's so yeah. cute. Like while they're having the chase, like they're all chasing Mars, but he's just running with his phone trying to show Miguel pitch. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fun. Um, but yeah, um, no, I love the moment as well where like Gwen shows up in Peter's universe and then mm. Mayday pulls her little hat down, her little Spider-Man hat. Like, yeah. she's ready to go as well. She's on the mission. Yeah. <laughs> and I think he even says to her, don't tell mom or something. <laughs> it's like, it, yeah, it's to something of that effect. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so who else we got? So we got Gwen, we got Peter, we got Mayday, and we got the original team back. So we got Penny and her yeah. new robot. We've got um, Spider Man Noir, Nick Cage. Oh. Are you, an, are you an anime head? Do you know about anime stuff? I know some. I'm not. I've I've seen two anime. Okay, so she's I know the, a little bit about anime. That, that's two more than me. She has Penny has a different art style in this that is apparently more weeb appropriate. A lot of people have been saying. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. No. I'm I'm happy for you guys. <laughs> okay. And if it's bad, that sucks. That's so, fine. That's good to me. I think she looks fine. Yeah. She looks yeah. sad. She did. It wasn't a while there. Yes, Noir was there. Nick Cage didn't have a single line in this movie, though. I don't think. Neither did John Mulaney. Travesty. Interesting. Um, so, but maybe hadn't recorded yet. I don't know. Um, yeah. But yeah, John Mulaney was there as <laughs> just John Mulaney was there, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm here too. <laughs> um, no, Peter Porker was there. Who else was there? Oh, there was Mar- Margot, who was the um, the girl of the hologram who liked to help Miles escape. Yes, yeah. She was there as well, and I think that's it. Was, Ho- was Hobie not there? Uh, Hobie was there, sorry, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Hobie made the... He was stealing the parts, wasn't he? Like a sneaky boy. Yeah. Very excited to see what happens next. Um. All right, are you done on this movie? Uh. Yeah, it's good. Can't wait for part two. Uh, a new thing we're doing uh, this uh, in this podcast is a, is a segment that is less insane than our other segments have been. And this one we hope to keep going for longer than our other segments have been going as well. Uh, Nathan and I at the end of every episode are just doing a little recommendation to you something that we've checked out that week could be literally anything uh, so yeah last week uh, Nathan suggested a series of like fun video essays about well not all of them about the same thing but one of them was about a TikTok uh, about how TikTok is like the music industry is being like geared towards TikToks uh, and I, I shilled for billionaires and said uh, HBO's Succession that you should watch that Nathan uh, recommend me, baby. Uh, so I actually didn't watch it this week. I actually watched it like a few months ago, but uh, well, okay. I don't like mind. a few weeks ago. But it like kind of ties in to to this week's episode anyway. Mm. Um, and I, and I'm still working on like a recommendation I have coming up. Oh, as, as like, you're I'm working still, on it. Well, like I'm I'm watching stuff for it. Like oh, I see. I'm okay. not done with it yet. Um. So yeah, so I'm actually gonna recommend um, John Mulaney's latest comedy special. Um, How is that? I did want to see that. So yeah, it's available on Netflix. Uh, it's very different to some of his his previous specials because, like, I don't know if you're aware, but John Mulaney had like kind of a very public just breakdown essentially. Mm. Like he he was being very open about like he he and his wife got divorced and he was on cocaine for a lot of the a lot of the past few years um and he just and he was in rehab as well and his life fell apart and he like slowly had to like put it all back together um and this whole special is him just like kind of talking about that experience and just talking about you know being on cocaine and and having his friends arrange an intervention for him and and being in rehab as well and it's it's hilarious, but it's also very fun and very, very thought-provoking and, and stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's a really good special. I'd really, yeah. really recommend it. It's like, it, it's it's especially hard, I think, for when, when comedians have that kind of public thing. Yeah. Um, or that level of thing. Like, I remember years and years ago, obviously, I don't agree with it. And I think to, in, in himself, I think the guy's a bit of a wanker anyway. Um, but there was, um, remember, like, I think it was 8 out of 10 cats that Jimmy Carr hosted. Oh, yeah. 
and they had a segment every week where they wrapped up the news and then news came out that he would he'd been avoiding paying his taxes (laughs) and the, the humbling week he had to come out and go what's in the news this week me avoiding my taxes <laughs> and then basically everyone just ripped into him for almost the whole episode yeah um about him being like a gross fucking money hoarder and everything um yeah very fun uh that sounds cool though i do I, apparently there's a joke in the john mulaney thing about him like the kids prefer bo burnham these days or something. there is yeah yeah there yeah. is um but it is a very fun special yeah you should definitely definitely watch it like it gets kind of uncomfortable <laughs> at times okay, um yeah. but 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 no, it's very funny. It's it's quite lighthearted though as well. So yeah, yeah. it's a lot of fun. Um, my recommendation is uh, an artist. Uh, I've gone, I've gone. I've tried to go so far away from just billionaires and watch this show by a fucking huge corporation. An artist? What do you mean, like a musical artist or like? No, like, a, like an actual a, an artist. A, okay. I've been in the process of trying to breathe a bit more. I don't work at my office. You made a joke about this in your best man speech to me i don't i have an office i have a home office and i don't use it you're using it right now i'm using it right now but that was previously there were two hours of a week where i recorded two podcasts and that was the only time i was in my office yeah that's true so so i'm trying to spruce up my office a little bit and make it more of a pleasant bright space to be in rather than this is where i go to slave over work for eight hours and then leave all right but you Um, don't do that either no, but I'm trying. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to make it a fun place to spend time in, and it's working to a degree. I've got, new, I've got a new office. plug socket set up. Ooh. No, no, this one clamps to the desk. It's good. Um, that's my recommendation, P- clamped plug sockets. <laughs> uh, no, there's a, there's an artist uh, who I've been kind of looking into her work. She's called Ping Zhu. Uh, she, is, uh, she had a, a mini documentary made about her. Is she on Instagram, Etsy? Uh, it is ping how you'd think it would be spelled and then zoo s uh, sorry z h u but i think on instagram it's z o o yeah got it okay cool oh she's followed by my tattoo artist oh there you go inspirational round <laughs> um but no she so she's had a mini documentary made about her like a little 4 minute youtube documentary um and she like although she has no ill will towards like um computer generated imagery and digital graphic design mm. she she has this really unique art style of like um, a lot of watercolor paints, um, but also like handcrafted, um, like cut out segments. Like she, a lot of the time she'll create this kind of abs- not absurd, more like abstract painting piece of like, if she wants something to stand out, it will be card on a watercolor paint. Um, and she, she does a lot of work for New Yorker. Um, a lot of the, how I came across her was she did a, um, uh, she had this really interesting piece uh, that was on the Banshees of Inner Sharon. Um, and it was just like a really simple image of like two men across a hill on different sides of it. Really interesting, um, like emotional art, a lot of it. She has a really interesting piece about the abandonment of uh, a lot of like Chinese children. Um, and it's just, it's lovely and it's really nice. And I've been looking to, I don't think she has an online shop. If she did, I'll, if she does, I'll have a little look again and link it below. But the um, yeah, the reason I kind of got down a rabbit hole of looking at her stuff as I was trying to find an online shop because I wanted to buy a piece of her work to put in the office. Um, but yeah, all around, just really interesting art. And I think she's she's very talented and very cool. She's got like Animal Crossing designs. Yeah, like that, but that's what I'm saying. She's She does a lot of work for the New Yorker movie review section, <laughs> but mm. she's in no way limited. She'll make a piece that will like break your heart about Chinese children being abandoned. And then all of a sudden it's like Animal Crossing. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I just think she's really, really cool. Really cool. Uh, links for both of our recommendations are below. And Nathan, 
I don't know if you know this. So this might be an exclusive... We might get Nathan's live on air reaction to this. I know that it's too damn fucking hot. It is certainly too damn hot. But the thing I want your live reaction to is the fact that we have another podcast. <laughs> Hello and welcome. <laughs> uh, yes, we do, Lawrence. It's called Still Got Legs. It's available every Monday at 10 a.m. wherever Whoa. you get your podcast. It's all about Doctor Who, the weird, wonderful, and wacky little British sci-fi show uh, that we love very dearly. We're coming to the end of season two in our discussion um, uh, of the episodes, um, so follow along. Oh, this week, actually, it's the big one, um, the one it's... we have been waiting for. Arguably uh... the reason we started the podcast is coming <laughs> yeah. up. Yes. I don't know if I should say what it is, um, but maybe just go over and find out. Just go have a listen and it'll um, be out it'll be out by now, won't it? No. No. In the next it'll be out uh, the coming Monday. So it's Friday now when this comes out. Okay. So it comes out the following Monday. So You've unless you listen in after Monday unless you listen in after Monday, then sure it's out. Look <laughs> Lawrence, people can also rate and review this show. Wow, I didn't know this. and Well, I did, and I'm going to tell them how. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's so hot, man. I'm dripping. I'm actually dripping sweat. I have to have the window shut in here as well while we record. Yeah, the, I have to shut all my windows when we record. It's the fucking worst part, man. <laughs> we, I started this in a shirt. I'm now just in a vest. Nathan is naked. <laughs> I'm shirtless. <laughs> yeah, well, I can't see his bottoms. So I'm naked wearing in my jeans. Eyes. Well, you can't see my bottoms either, so I could just be in a vest and otherwise naked. <laughs> Um, just winning the poo in it. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can rate and review this podcast. Uh, most podcast platforms, hosting platforms, will have a a little little review section that you can go and press five stars on. That'd be great. Um, we really appreciate it. It helps. I, don't, I presume it helps spread the work. I presume it does something that's good for this show. Couldn't tell you what though. You can also give us a little follow. We are on Twitter at Another Happy Pod, uh, and you can hear us. You can see us tweet about stuff, um, and then new episodes out every Friday at 10 a.m. You'll get a little post. A little post will be posted, and you will go, wow, that's a post that reminds me I should go check out this show. Uh, and it will provide you the links to do so. Hello, it's Lawrence. I'm editing the podcast now, and I forgot to say that next week we're going to be doing this. How many lasses were there, though? Thousands. It's worth a thought, though, isn't it? But these men... I don't see why not, Gerald. Because you're fat and he's thin and you're both ugly. It's hot. Go have an ice cream, everyone. All right. And, um, and have a good time. And Nathan will press the button at some point. I'm I'll assuming. press a button. Oh, that's good. I still hear your voice when you Did you have this ready? Next yeah. To me. I still For what? Your touch For this. In my Playing us out with a summer banger. Okay, fair enough. The hit of 2004. We really need to find out where copyright stands on all this shit. Without you, okay. it's hard <laughs> to Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.